Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the CAF America Radio Network, a production of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. As the leader in global giving, CAF America offers more than 20 years of experience and expertise to corporations, foundations, and individuals who wish to give internationally and with enhanced due diligence in the United States. Through its industry-leading grant management programs and philanthropic advisory services, CAF America helps donors amplify their impact. This show is dedicated to these donors and the charities they support. CAF America is uniquely positioned to serve as the bridge between these important partners and transforms vision into meaningful action. Guests on the CAF America Radio Network are leaders in their field who share tips for success and stories that inspire. Our host is Ted Hart, the CEO of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 914-338-0855. After the show, you can find all of our podcasts at CAFAmerica.org. Don't forget to dial 914-338-0855. Now, welcome the host of the CAF America Radio Network, Ted Hart. And welcome here to the latest edition of the CAF America Radio Network. It is my pleasure uh, to be here coming to you live from the global headquarters of CAF America here in Washington, D.C. Uh, today's topic is a very important one, certainly here at CAF America. The uh, global giving of corporations is something that we track and uh, interests that we have in common with CECP. And today it is my pleasure to welcome here on the Nonprofit Coach or here on uh, the CAF America Radio Network. Sorry about that. Uh, is Carmen Perez, uh, the Manager of uh, Measurement and Standards at CECP. Uh, Carmen leads the organization's global research, uh, including implementing the Global Guide Reporting Standard and uh, authoring the publication Giving Around the Globe, which is our topic today. Uh, welcome here to the CAF America Radio Network, Carmen Perez. Thanks so much, Ted. We're really happy to be here. It's great to have you here. Certainly you folks have uh, uh, been leaders in this field in terms of gathering information, um, providing insights into international giving. This is a topic hugely important uh, here at CAF America uh, and for corporations, particularly those who have global footprints. Um, we're interested in, in getting right into um, the, uh, uh, the findings of, of this giving around the globe uh, report. We do have a link to it at cafamerica.org in our um, radio links uh, for this show um, so people can actually read the report themselves. So why don't we start off um, right at the beginning. Uh, what is CECP? Uh, sure. I'd love to talk about that. And uh, first of all, though, we'd really like to thank you and, and CAF America for having us here today to talk about our report. And, and thanks for all you all do as an organization. Um, really important for companies to have access to your resources when they're trying to support their key causes abroad. So first of all, thanks to all of you and all the work that you do. Um, and you're right that we share sort of a common interest in this area. So I think um, the first thing about CCP everyone should know is that our mission is to create a better world through business. Um, we're a coalition of CEOs united in the belief that societal improvement is an essential measure of business performance. So it's at that in intersection of societal and business progress. Founded 15 years ago by Paul Newman and a few other key CEOs, we've grown now to a movement of over 150 CEOs together 
The revenues is over uh, $7 trillion at U.S. annually. Um, we're a nonprofit, and we offer participating companies one-on-one -on -one consultation, networking, comparative data, media support, case studies, and corporate engagement. Really, we're trying to help them advance their vision and uh, view of how their programs can expand in the future. And anyone who wants to find out more can just go to cecp.co. And, and during that period of, of time since your founding, you folks have certainly seen the international space growing in interest among corporations. Without a doubt, I think that um, a key thing that we found in writing Giving Around the Globe when interviewing companies about uh, how they've expanded their international portfolios has been that it's really trending alongside the global expansion of the business. Um, it was just an incredibly strong notion from companies that when they're, de when they're developing these international strategies, the business case is uh, coming first and giving its following. So there may be a new market the business is entering, and they want to see what philanthropy, what corporate giving and contribution should be there as well to support the corporate strategy in new markets. In your study, you focused on 60 of the largest multinational corporations headquartered around the world um, in this report. Um, how did you um, approach and identify the corporations that would be part of this report? Well, CCP um, has for a long time been reporting on corporate giving through our report, Giving in Numbers. So we have a really strong and solid base in the U.S. A lot of the largest companies here last year was 60 from the Fortune 100. Um, so we started there, obviously, and then we've already seen lots of demand from companies headquartered uh, primarily in Europe, some in, some in Asia. So we started with the companies that have already engaged with CCP. And then we also have a lot of interest from companies uh, like CAF America and also CECPs in, uh, in other countries um, that have a really wide network of, of companies working with them and doing some benchmarking research on a domestic basis. So working together with those domestic efforts, we found some really strong partnerships to bring companies on board. Um, a good example is Comunitas in Brazil. Another is uh, Korea Productivity Center in Korea. The aggregate total giving reported um, in this report is a staggering $6.8 uh, billion dollars. Um, that's uh, an incredible showing from the 60 multinational corporations. Uh, it is. We're certainly, you know, 60 companies, it was actually doubled from our uh, Global Guide pilot that we did on 2011 giving where we only had 30. And as with all CECP, we're really serving the largest companies in the world. And because we're a benchmarking organization, we like to help companies use data for their decision making. Um, the largest companies are drawn to our research efforts. And this, this, this really, really large-scale giving is reflective of the large scale of these companies themselves. It's also reflective of companies thinking across all their corporate assets, that's for domestic and international giving. So there's a big growth in non-cash giving that's a part of that. Um, and it's in a really important way that companies are thinking, like, how can we truly engage and really address these social causes that are important for our business? So, and I found that interesting in, in the report, and I want to get into some of the details, but I, I think um, you focused in on three different types of giving, the direct cash, foundation cash, and then non-cash. That's true. That's, the, that's kind of the highest level breakdown that we always track in giving in numbers and in giving around the globe. Um, the foundation cash is any giving that's going through a corporate foundation. So it's, it's a separate legal entity from the company, but receives funds from the company and is managed by the company, connected to its strategy in, in different ways. Um, direct so cash in many giving ways is that's, what, in many ways that's sorry, seen as part of a coordinated effort. 
Yeah, and 80% of CECP companies, and giving in numbers, uh, have a corporate foundation of some type. Um, and direct cash giving is any funds that are coming from any other budget within the company. Um, I think it's something that, that people are sometimes surprised by, that this makes up almost half of total corporate giving, both in giving in numbers and in giving around the globe. So that could be any number of budgets. It could be from uh, community relations, corporate affairs. It could be that different regions have budgets they manage themselves. Um, and it's this mix of giving types, I think, that helps companies be really strategic in how they address these issues. Non-cash giving can include product and service donation as well as pro bono service, which is a growing field as well. And, and for the, the companies, I would imagine that the way that you organize the report and, and the ability to track and benchmark against peers over time may help them organize their efforts in those three areas. I think so. I think that CCP's mission is really around helping companies advance the movement around all these different societal challenges where business can really play an important role. And we believe that data can help make decisions. So you come to CCP trying to uh, make a particular case internally as a company, and we can provide our data and insights to help support that case. So we talk to over 100 companies every quarter. That enhances the research that we do. So giving around the globe, um, provides a lot of key insights, and that's kind of what's happening across all companies to show uh, important trends and what the numbers will tell you. And then you can speak to CCP to kind of get the insights behind that and what we see as sort of the future and how things are advancing. Let's, um, let's look at specifically some of the findings that, that you had. And I was wondering uh, for our listeners today if you would give some insight into the regional breakdown of total giving that, that, uh, that you found by fund type. Uh, the three fund types that we were just talking about, uh, do vary um, around the globe in terms of uh, where the funds are coming from, where the support's coming from. Um, yeah, thanks for honing in on that because I think it's one of the key things that we're really excited about. Um, as I had mentioned, CCP has been reporting on international giving through giving in numbers for a long time. But giving around the globe, one of the key new things that we're excited about is that we're able to compare companies from different regions and how they give differently. Um, and that funding type breakdown is kind of the first way we see that. Um, uh, one key finding there is that Asian companies actually are giving the least amount in non-cash giving, looking at that, that three-part breakdown. What we found there is that there's actually some tax disincentives in some markets, um, value-added tax or additional reporting burden that kind of draws companies away from non-cash giving. Um, in Latin America, the the percentage of non-cash giving was actually similar, um, similarly low. Uh, in that case, it's actually probably a question more of reporting. Companies are doing this type of giving, but maybe are not seeing it as a priority for something that they need to track. And yes, I think that now drawing the comparison against North American companies where there is uh, a little bit more balance between these three giving types, it may encourage companies from other regions to say like, well, maybe we should think about stepping up non-cash, right. or maybe we right. should be spending more. In your estimation, is it, is it maybe a, a factor of maturing markets in that um, uh, where you, you see sort of uh, you know, Asian um, uh, companies may be more in a traditional mode of uh, philanthropy equals cash, uh, whereas over time as, as different economies emerge, um, you may see more of a balanced uh, approach across the globe? Um. I think you might, you might be able to say that, but I think from our experience, um, we presented on giving around the globe in Seoul, Korea in December, and I think that actually what we find in most markets is that 
Similar to the U.S., all companies are kind of on a continuum of sophistication and strategy in how they think about their CSR programs. Some are really highly advanced and invest significantly in the staff that are managing the programs, and some are more on the traditional end of how they think about their philanthropy. So I think that there's a range everywhere. I think the other important thing when we think across the globe and different um, ways that companies give, depending on the influence of their, their headquarters country, there's cultural issues. Um, it may be seen that non-cash giving or product giving is actually not really uh, a benefit, you know. So I think that there's, there's differences there that exist, but I think coming together around a global effort and transparency and reporting is a way for companies to learn from each other and kind of push on some things that they might have had as, a, as what they thought to be standard. How would you evaluate um, the findings in, in your report uh, regarding the uh, alternate um, and specifically, institutions, government institutions, um, and whether or not that can increase or decrease. Um, I found that very interesting, and again, is that um, I'm sorry, Ted, I had quite a bit of feedback there. I couldn't uh, fully hear your question, but I did pick up enough that. to see that you kind of focused in on the alternate recipient types finding that we have in the report, yeah. so I can speak a little to that. Um, and actually, we're really excited about this. We think that it's kind of one of the frontier issues and something that's uh, under development for companies. It's a sign that they're thinking about their charitable giving portfolios in new ways. So if the objective is really around training teachers, it's not just thinking about who are the best charities or nonprofits that are out there to execute that strategy. It may be that there are some for-profit partners, and that could be more in the area of social enterprises. Um, that they need to partner with to make those goals happen. And the same is true with government institutions. I think this issue came up for CECP in the development of the global guide and giving around the globe because there are some domestic markets where the development of civil society is happening um, differently and it may be, there may be challenges to setting up an NGO that don't exist in other places and that makes government and for-profit institutions a more likely choice. It's still a minority activity, I would say. It's not something across all companies that we see, but it's something that we're interested in and that we track outside of total giving as kind of a trend area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and similarly, you saw um, strategy being important and um, where the money goes, where the end recipient is. Um, I'm noticing in your report that when you focus in on the top 200 in the Forbes Global 2000, um, international end recipients is larger to that category, um, certainly not a majority, but larger um, compared to the peers. Um, is that an indication of global footprint or again, material? Um, sorry to say I lost you again right at the end, but I, I do think which, if you're asking about what kind of like, what's the reasons behind the global 2000 the top 200 sort of showing this higher international percentage. I think you're right on if you mentioned that the, the level of globalization of the company and where their revenue and employee base is is reflective of that percentage of international giving as well. Um, we did some analysis around uh, comparison of domestic to international revenue and domestic to international employees, and we see that the level of international giving obviously surprised trends along um, with as those two other measures increase but not at the same rate. So I think that it's, it's, we haven't seen yet that companies are one-to-one are -one matching the presence of their revenue uh, or employees with their giving, but I think that that's actually a sign for growth because we certainly hear that companies around their motivations for um, giving internationally is typically around aligning their giving with where the business is most prominent. Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, I think it's interesting because everyone has a different reaction to it. Um, I think that, as I mentioned, one of the things we're really excited about is this first time ever doing a comparison across regions. The other thing we're really excited about is exactly this, a deeper dive into companies' international geographic portfolios. Um, the research isn't cause-oriented, but we are able to say a lot about the geographies where, where funds are going. Um, and I think that, yeah, right now this is the first time we've, we've found, you know, this is our first time presenting this finding. So I think through the years we'll be interested to see how it changes and also how, how we can look at it from yeah. different angles. Um, but we did see there was a really wide range. There was many companies that were really at the lower end, even uh, you know in the single digits, and then some that were 80 plus. It can it can depend on why what drives that. It might be that they have a non-cash strategy that reaches um, more countries. It may be that they've really focused on local giving, so it requires that the footprint of their company is such that they have to give in a lot of different places. Um, but it's something that we definitely want companies to think about, react to, and let us know sort of how it resonates for them. It's a benchmark that they can use if they want to expand internationally to drive that decision-making around what the geographic strategy is. Um, and the other thing that's really quite interesting is that we think that the main drivers for where international funds are right now is to neighboring countries and to emerging markets. Sure. Yeah, and we would, we would definitely agree in terms of the trend lines that we see here and where giving is flowing from uh, our corporate um, uh, donors here. But it, it, in your report, it shows that 40% of the companies are giving to 40 or more countries. Um, that, that's a, a pretty impressive footprint. Um, I think so, and I think that um, it's reflective of where the businesses are. As I mentioned, you know, our, our research is open to all large companies across the U.S. Um, free of charge. It's actually open right now. We're collecting data. But I think that um, it's reflective of those companies larger corporate footprint that the giving is going to this, this many places as well. It's a priority now for businesses to think about their corporate giving strategy as part of how they might enter a new market or how they have to be in every market where the business is active. It's not a sideline um, activity anymore. It's really part of the business, and I think that that is kind of what's driving this geographic expansion of giving. And when you look at the distribution of the number of uh, companies that are giving in places like India and China, Mexico and, and South America, um, it's pretty interesting to see that um, the majority of companies in your, in your study are coming in those areas. And in some cases, um, if you take a look at Canada, um, if I'm reading this correctly, the percentage of aggregate international giving um, at 0.3% to that, uh, that one country is quite a I'm sorry to say I lost you there again, but I, I know that you're talking about our country findings, and I think you're, um, the, the way that we sort of think about who rose to the top there is this, this drive towards giving in neighboring countries and drive to emerging markets. The, the hierarchy of, of countries on that uh, finding we think is driven also by our sample, which does tap North America more than other regions, which is why I think Canada is in that second slot. Okay. Um, that yeah, um, I think that that kind of, because uh, CCP's history, and I think that uh, through time that will change as our research expands more across the globe, um, but I do think that, that yeah, the, the neighboring element I think is important there, and I think that that's also where business priorities fall as well. But nearly, if I'm reading this correctly, 42% of companies uh, have some giving into uh, the Russian Federation, 
um, that that um, you know almost fifty percent. Um, so your what we did here was actually we, we we saw this trend around emerging markets, and I should say that most companies, when we asked them about it, it wasn't necessarily a strategy to give to emerging markets. It's just that's where the business priority was, and um, it happened to be in an emerging market. We used an IMF list to determine what was qualified or considered an emerging market. So we wanted to look at Russia for that reason. And it was about 42% of participating companies giving there. Um, it's interesting because among the BRIC uh, countries, they had the lowest uh, percentage of investment from, from companies. Which, of course, you hear an awful lot about um, uh, the Brazil, Russia, India, China. Um, and while they do show up in, in your report, they're, they're not um, you know, necessarily the, the top um, areas that uh, focus. Well, India is at the top. Um, China is, is the third in terms third. of where countries... Yep, in terms of the number of companies giving in these places in Brazil is oh, far away. Oh, you know away. what? I'm reading. And, I'm reading your report. Um, I, I'm just noticing that as I'm reading your, taking a look at your report. I was focusing on the bottom six, um, which, which makes this even more interesting um, to ah. see Ru the Russian Federation and South Africa, um, in particular. Those, those seem to stick out to me um, as interesting to be in the bottom of uh, of, uh, of your report. Yeah, I think I think what's important is to definitely look at those two figures side by side in giving around the globe. It's figures 11 and 12 because the first shows the top 15 countries. That's regardless of whether they're an emerging market or not to see where are companies investing. And you can see India, China, Brazil are all on those lists. And if you go into other emerging market lists like Mint or Civets, a lot of those are on there as well. Colombia, Argentina. Um, Indonesia. Indonesia. So there's a, there's a lot of emerging markets, I think, that are, are really the high places where companies are contributing. Another thing about this is that we looked at it two ways. It's the percentage of companies contributing. It may be only one grant. Um, and then the, alongside that, we have the percentage of aggregate international giving. So you can see that there, those two measures are kind of uh, fluctuating in all cases. But because we have this finding around emerging markets, we wanted to look at the full list of emerging markets and see how giving performed in other places. And that's where you can see Russia, Turkey, South Africa, um, with smaller numbers of companies contributing. Um, and I think that this also draws back to where companies have the largest business investments. We think these things are so closely tied that uh, it could be reflective of, a, of really where the corporate strategy is and where the revenue growth is, et cetera, on why it might be those emerging markets are lower. Right, because they're, by the very nature of the fact that they're emerging. Um, so, <laughs> uh, it may be that uh, as your report continues over time, you'll see those, uh, those areas growing. And the, the other thing I'm, I'm keenly interested in is, is uh, you know, the excellent reporting that you're doing uh, here on the sort of the dual components here of business company strategy and employee footprint uh, and how those are really driving some of these decisions. Yeah, I think that that's really true. It's something that CCP, as I said, we're really focused on how companies can use data and insights to make their decisions internally. And we have to then talk to companies on a regular basis in order to understand those insights and what's driving the choices that they're making in their strategies. Um, 
And that's kind of ongoing right now. As I mentioned, I'd just like to let everyone know who's listening that our, our current survey is actually open for giving in numbers. And any large company is welcome. There's no cost to be a part of our research. Um, but get to us uh, sooner than later because our deadline is April 1st. That's great. Well, thank you for, for mentioning that. In the final two minutes that we have here on the show, I want to ask you to do two things. One is um, to let our listeners know how they can reach you. Um, and secondly, um, because most of our, our listeners are going to um, be donors looking at the international space, what's the most practical advice to take away from this report? I think that um, – to, to contact uh, me directly is C Perez, C P E R E Z, at CECP.co. Um, and that's also our website, CECP.co. You can go on there, and there's lots of different ways to connect with our whole team here, depending on what your current need is for your company and your business. But I think the most important practical advice that CECP gives always is to use data for decision making and tap into external standards. That's what giving in numbers and giving around the globe are all about. I mean, the reports, I think, have a lot of implications for the field, for nonprofit organizations, academics, and others who read them. But really for companies and donors, it's how can we provide data that you can actually use internally to make the case, to expand your strategy, to think about how you would develop your programs. Um, and also another uh, practical piece of advice with that in mind is that these people in the CSR departments can really be the leaders for uh, integrating these strategies within the company, what is the intersection of business uh, strategy and societal causes, and how can you bring that forward thinking across all business assets for your company so that you can truly kind of tap into the, the mindset of our founder, Paul Newman, Terrific, terrific um, uh, resources, very important study. Carmen Perez from CECP, we're out of time, but thank you so much for bringing us this very important report. You've been listening to the Cap America Radio Network. Tell all your friends and colleagues to check out our production schedule. Sign up for our free newsletter and download our iPad and iPod-friendly podcasts at capamerica.org. Thanks for listening to the Cap America Radio Network.